Welcome to Everything Nonprofit, a podcast where we reveal the secrets, tips, and tricks for leading a nonprofit. My name is Carmen. And I'm Kayla. As nonprofit founders, we know firsthand how challenging and overwhelming it can be to build a nonprofit from the ground up. This is a podcast for nonprofit executives by nonprofit executives. If you need advice on starting your own nonprofit organization, or looking to expand your knowledge of nonprofit operations, stay tuned. This episode, we have the honor to chat with Yuda Pradima about his experience as a president of the Project Management Institute Puget Sound chapter. I want to note that throughout the episode, we'll be using the acronym PMI Puget Sound to refer to the organization. Yuda is a senior technical project manager and agile coach at Realtor.com. He's also a lecturer at Northeastern University Seattle campus, teaching traditional project management and advanced agile courses. Since September 2021, Yuda has served as president of the PMI Puget Sound chapter and has led the team to advancing the profession of project management. Welcome to the show, Yuda. Uh, Thank you, Kela. Thank you, Carmen. It's a pleasure to be here. Great. Yuda, let's start off by you telling us uh, who you are and about your organization, PMI Puget Sound. Well, so as you pointed out, I am the most recent president of the Puget Sound PMI chapter, uh, and I'll be serving the chapter until June 2023. Uh, I work for Realtor.com, and I work as an agile coach, and also that I'm a lecturer at the Northeastern University. Uh, I wrote a couple of books on Agile 101 and building Agile team, which, you know, if you would like to, you can Google my name in Amazon.com and you might find them. That's all I'm willing to say about it. All right. So about the project, uh, the Puget Sound chapter of the Project Management Institute. The, P- the Puget Sound PMI is part of a international nonprofit professional organization that is dedicated to advancing project management excellence through professionalism. The PMI is the leading worldwide project management association. And our chapter, the Puget Sound chapter, is among the largest chapter in the United States. The Puget Sound PMI mission is to advance the profession of project management by creating a culture of community that facilitate professional growth through education and volunteerism. Uh, We do it by creating opportunities for development and learning in project management, by providing programs and services to the project management community, by promoting project management certification, uh, PMI and the project management professionalism to the community. And finally, uh, we try to do it by maintaining a sustainable uh, growth within the chapter. That's why you know we have a lot of outreach to young, young uh, project managers and stuff like that. That's great. And I heard you mention that the workshops that PMI Puget Sound offers. I know that I've attended some and really benefited from those. So we definitely appreciate those. Um, with that being said, for PMI being an international organization. What is it that the Puget Sound chapter is doing to differentiate itself from other chapters? Well, glad you asked that one because uh, last year, the Puget Sound PMI joined an initiative called the PMI Chapter Exchange. 
PMI chapter exchange is an initiative actually created by a PMI chapter in Mumbai, India. And this chapter exchange is, is a virtual collaboration for all chapter leaders throughout the world that they can connect, collaborate, and co-create. Pujisan uh, PMI is one of the key members, and I am a very active participant. Currently, there are about 20 chapters, and the PMI chapter exchange has just completed, well, has just started the third year, just completed the second season, started the, the third year. And our last event that just happened last week was attended by almost a thousand people from 69 countries. And that is something that the Puget PMI is very proud of. And, and part of the thing that I do for this PMI chapter exchange is that I'm one of the guy who get to create the brochure. And I also help the PMI chapter exchange create something called the chapter exchange nugget. At the end of every conference, we summarize the content of the conference and then we publish this like a mini magazine type. And I'm the one who get to do that. Wow, that's amazing. Thanks for walking us through the numerous activities and events happening within the organization and also with uh, the chapter exchange that you just talked about. Kayla and myself are members of it, so we know firsthand how important it is to be part of the professional network. Um, now I want to shift the focus to you, Yuda. Uh, and being elected into the privileged role as a president, how have your past connections and experiences helped you succeed in this role? Uh, well, so I would say that for everything that I do, including by being the president of the chapter, uh, my part-time gig as a lecturer at the Northeastern University, and even my current job is because I attended uh, some of the meeting at the Pujitsan PMI chapter a long time ago. I can actually, you know, if I want to, I can tell you which meeting that I went to, who I met, who I met that, that actually get me to where I am today. So what I'm trying to say is that having the connection uh, of people of your community, like the Pujitsan PMI chapter, going to this meeting is extremely valuable. I won't be here today as whichever ca uh, capacity that you would like, you know, to, to put myself into without my involvement with the PMI chapter. So I'm, I'm truly grateful for my involvement and I got more from the chapter than the chapter got from me. So having that connection and the meeting is very crucial to, I think, to the growth of anyone interested in, in the career of project management. Mm, relationships and connections. Yeah, that for sure is really important. And yeah. you mentioned how important it is in the sphere of project management. Would you say it's just as important when it comes to nonprofit organizations? And if so, how can nonprofit organizations leverage connections to be more successful? Well, absolutely. Because if you think about it, business, whether it's profit or nonprofit, they're all run by people. And no matter how much sometimes people will say that, well, I'm a very objective person, right? We tend to, our, our instinctive bias is that we tend to like people that like us. We like people that know us. We like people that we know, right? Building that connection is the first bridge into success. Uh, like one of the most important key that I learned a long time ago 
being my, my original background from someone from Asia, is that there is a concept of guanzi in Asia. Guanzi means connection. Having a connection is crucially important. There are, there are incidents where I remember long, long time ago is that, so I, I came from Indonesia and long time ago, Indonesia has this famine problem. And because of the famine problem, you know, the, we need to import rice from another country. And the government was not in a very good standing. So the government was not, in a, was not able to, to do much about it. And they could try to import rice and say, that, you know, we could pay, but not much, right? And they were not very successful until one of the, one of the pillars of the community of the country uses his personal connection to go to another country's leader and say, hey, you know, can you help us, right? We need this uh, sub extra supply of rice to help our people. And immediately without even signing any agreement, without any negotiation, we receive those things. That, that shows that the connection actually plays a much more crucial role than money. Because, you know, in the end, everybody will, will be able to have the same amount of money to buy any kind of services. Mm -hmm. But having a connection on top of the, of the ability to pay is much more important. And of course, for, for nonprofit, it's even more important even more important. Can you expand upon that a little bit? Uh, because, you know, uh, having being a nonprofit, you typically don't, do not have a lot of resources. You may have, you don't have huge funding, unlike, you know, huge organization like Google or Microsoft, right? It means that you cannot win on price alone. You cannot buy some service just on price. However, if you build the right connection and people know that people understand uh, that buy into your to your mission. People people that that are on board with where wherever you're going, they will support you regardless of whether or not you can pay for the full price services of whatever it is that they're providing. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Puget Sound Project Management Volunteers. Puget Sound Project Management Volunteers helps impactful non-for-profit organizations achieve their objectives by connecting them with skillful project managers who can aid them in crystallizing their visions, leading project teams, and deconstructing their goals into achievable milestones. This service is absolutely free and can help your nonprofit organization get the extra help it needs so that you can spend more time making a difference in the world and less time on administration. Visit pm-volunteers.org to request the assistance of a project manager, 100% free of charge. No gimmicks, no catches, just one nonprofit helping another. If you were to think back um, to um, the start of the term as a president of PMI Puget Sound, possessing the knowledge that you have now, What's the one piece of advice you will give yourself to running this nonprofit? Well, I would say that don't don't run a uh, don't run for president during pandemic. That's, is that a good? <laughs> well, kidding aside, I think I would I would give myself an advice to be patient and and to be persistent. Uh, somebody new who has been with the chapter for a long time, I have seen. The, the, the high and low of the chapter. And when I got in, you know, I was with all this adrenaline, like I want to change everything now. And I think after, after doing this for almost a year, I have realized that 
I need to work with people. Again, this is all come back to people, right? We, we are consists of, of volunteers who may or may not have as much time to, to do whatever needed to be done. So it means that I need to be, I need to tell myself to be more patient, to try to get things done. And, and it doesn't mean that people are not doing it. It's just mm-hmm. that my expectation and people's expectation are different. And with being more patient, I was able to get to coax people to get them to do more and then to, to be more successful in, in, in what we're doing. So would you say that was the biggest effect that the pandemic had on PMI Puget Sound? Was it just kind of slowed activities down? It does. It's make it difficult. And also the engagement is uh, is on a record low. And this is not just the PMI Puget Sound. This is actually the PMI chapter all over the world, mm-hmm. uh, which again, where one of one of the biggest exceptions was because of the PMI chapter exchange. And that was why the PMI chapter exchange got this huge attention from the PMI Global. PMI Global actually participated almost all of our event, they they send the, the they send the, the the leaders to speak to our event, and they even came to us and say, "Hey, you know, whatever you're doing is PMI chapter change so successful. We want to know why." They actually offer us funding, you know, to see how we can find a way to duplicate the success of this chapter change, right? So, so. It, engagement is all time low. However, if done correctly, there are there are still events that people are interested in. That's the learning thing that I, I got from it. So, so what advice would you give other nonprofit executives who are perhaps still struggling to overcome the effects of the pandemic? Well, the opportunities is out there, right? Because if you now this is something people always say, uh, and for for every for, for every chaos, there is always an opportunity. Uh, if you look at it right now, if you look at the, the time of the pandemic, when it happened, people look at it, okay, you know, there's a lot of people who lost the job. There's a lot of company who lost everything. But while at the same time, you can also see organization who has made record profit, people who can adapt, organization who can adapt and now suddenly become very, uh, you know, very important to this to this new life, and it means that as a, as a nonprofit, as any organization, profit or nonprofit, you have to be able to look at it, use some kind of design thinking to say, okay, if this what happened, what is next things are going to happen? What is the next thing going to happen? Right? You see this this entire life that we live in as as you know, use a design thinking how they all connected, and if you know that how they all connected. And you can kind of guesstimate, well, you know, if there's a pandemic, what else people will be doing? What services will people need? And, and being able to think like that, you would be able to, to let's say, future-proof your organization and also will be able to, to thrive in the edge of chaos. So is that where the idea of the exchange program came from? Was it was it from the fallout of the pandemic and seeing that silver lining or that opportunity? It was yes. Uh, when I when I spoke to the chapter leader in, in PMI Mumbai that started it, uh, she said that well, you know, suddenly with all this lockdown, no one can go to any meeting. 
Mm -hmm. So she said, okay, what can I do next? So she started talking to a chapter from another country, say, hey, you know, and she met this uh, few leaders in the different chapters, hey, can we do a joint meeting together online? And then they started getting two, three, four, five countries, 10. And then, and then of course, you know, it's also a good execution. And with the, with the combination of opportunity and good execution and sound um, plan, they were able to, to shine in, in this time in, and become, you know, it's almost like an outlier because now no organization, at least on the PMI organization is that successful. And it's like almost came out of nowhere. Looking back, of course, it makes perfect sense, right? But now we, you can learn from project managers all over the world just by attending a meeting. Now for us, it's kind of a, a little bit tough because the meeting typically happened at 7 a.m. in the morning because it's still based in India time. But it is still, you get to learn something that you never have to have before, right? You, you get to learn from the subject matter expert from all over the world. The format is that every, every meeting, they have five experts from five continents. So imagine that you are now talking to subject matter expert from five continents every month. You get to listen to the concept about whatever topic that, that they came up with. Mm, yeah, that's that's really cool. I think a lot of organizations are finding that it was hard at first, but we were able to bridge gaps between ourselves and people we might not have otherwise had access to. Exactly. Um, so silver linings. Yeah, and that, that is where the opportunity come in, right? The opportunity that came from the from the chaos. Yeah, for sure. And you mentioned design thinking. Uh, I want to hit on that for a second. Um, you know, design thinking and using that line of thinking to sort of peer into the future and future-proof an organization. Um, can you speak to maybe what steps that you're taking to future-proof PMI Puget Sound? Uh, so we, we, make a, we make a few changes and, and we, we play the scenario of what would happen and then how we would react. One, one of the biggest changes that we make is that in the past, we have always had an annual planning. And, and you know, an annual planning is a project management thing, right? It is what we do, we, we plan. And then part of the changes that we came up with, so, you know, we really don't know the future. Now we, we can kind of, we can kind of think about, well, how many potential future it could be. And I think by, by considering the future, the potential future, what we came up with, well, you know, we, we do, instead of doing an annual planning, we switch to doing quarterly planning. So we only plan for about three months. Now we still have an overall roadmap, uh, a, a goal that we want to, to go, which we call back to 3000. I'll mention it about later. Uh, we still have the, the larger goal that we want to do, but now we break them down into smaller steps of, of just doing what we need to do in the next three months. And then, and then we make another plan. By doing it in the smaller steps, it allows us to make changes. It allows us to pivot if necessary, depending on the circumstances. Like mm. the, the Omicron variant is, is one, of the, one of the key things that may or may not be predicted by people. Right? If you look at it, well, if you plan the whole thing a year in, uh, a year in advance, by, by just before Thanksgiving, we didn't know about Omicron, right? And we were, okay, things are getting better. And then suddenly, you know, new variant came up and then we need to change our plan. 
because we plan on a smaller scale, it allow us to pivot so much easier. A lot more agile because you don't have so so many of your plans laid out so quickly. <laughs> exactly, much more agile. Thank yeah. you. Makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, and that's great advice. I mean, I'm sure a lot of other nonprofit executives can relate to that and and benefit from from the advice of let's plan a little more short term and a little less long term. Yeah, with uh, again with with a larger goal in mind, right? And this larger goal can be anything. Uh, you can have an OKR, you can have a North Star, but anything that will give you that this is in the long run, if, you know, these are the direction we are going, but we're not going to commit to every single path on how we get there. Mm -hmm. Great. Um, in the realm of, of nonprofit organizations and running a nonprofit, is there anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners that we maybe haven't asked you about? Well, so I would like to share something, not exactly on overall nonprofit, but uh, there's something about something that I'm doing with uh, the PMI PG Sun chapter. So I mentioned earlier that the goal during my term is that the, the, the rallying cry, the North Star is that we call it back to 3000. We want to get our membership number back to 3000. As part of that initiative is that I am donating my expertise as I'm, I'm certified to certify people in Scalager framework. So as part of that, I'm donating my time and resources to provide Scale Agile Scrum Master certifications. And this is provided to all the chapters members and with a huge discount. I cannot tell you the, the price, but please feel free to go to our website pugetsanpmi.org and you look at it and you're like, oh my God, I have never seen something like this before, right? And if you're a volunteer, it's even crazier because the goal is really for me to try to use my resources, my expertise to get more members, to get more volunteers and to get more engagement. And I think if I were to use it as a, as a, as a, a, a stepping stone to say what we can do for, for non, non-profit, you know, in, in general, is that I would say, well, you know, think about a way to incentivize and get more engagement from your from the people. Because if you look at it, people who are people who are involved in nonprofit, we, we would like, you know, they, we like to make a differentiation of two types of people. They are missionaries and they are mercenaries, right? We don't want to call them. Right? People who work for money, you know, move for the next better pay. Let's call it mercenaries because, you know, they go for where the money is. But there are also people who are missionaries, people who believe in certain causes. And, and, and they do it not because of the money. They do it because this is what they believe in. Having been in a nonprofit organization is we deal more with missionary and we have to keep searching for missionaries. And those are the people whose life goal is to make a difference. And therefore we need to find a way, the, the non-monetary way to incentivize, to, to, get the, to get those missionaries to, you know, to, to, to do harder, right? To, to spend more time, to, to be more creative, but to be much more engaged in what we do. That's right, yeah. And that's a very generous discount and 
um, a very gen- a very generous offer that you are providing to your members. Yep. I'm sure a lot of my colleagues would be very interested uh, to learn more about it. Yeah. And um, I do want to mention that this is our second podcast and our second guest who has mentioned the importance of identifying why your volunteers volunteer and then incentivizing them in line with their with their reasoning. So I think that's an important point to bring up. Yep, definitely. And and by the way, just another plug to the thing is that uh, it's very limited. We are only accepting, you know, 40 people maximum for the class. So if you are interested, please sign up soon because once it's done, it's done. Awesome. Thank you for sharing, Yuda. And lastly, to wrap us up, I know you mentioned this earlier, uh, but if our listeners, uh, they want to find out more about yourself and your organization, uh, where can they do that? So they can go to our website, uh, PugetSoundPMI.org. And on our website, you can find all, all the information you need to know about the chapter. Uh, some organization can post jobs. Uh, PM who are looking for jobs can, you know, can find PM related posting. And if you'd like to know more about me, feel free to hit me up in LinkedIn. Uh, I think my handle in LinkedIn is just Yuda Pratama. It should not be hard to find. Great. We'll put that information in the show notes. Yuda, it's been a blast chatting with you for the last 25-ish minutes. I know that I've definitely learned a lot about PMI, Puget Sound, and a little bit about Agile Project Management. Um, You've definitely inspired me, and I'm sure there are a lot of others that are on their path to, to leading their own nonprofit, or maybe they're already... Maybe they're already starting their own and looking for the next steps. Um, But thank you for your time. And we wish you the best of luck with the rest of your term at PMI. Yeah, thank you. And, you know, anytime you need me to talk about Agile, I can talk about Agile until the cows come home. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Everything Nonprofit. If you don't already, please follow us on Spotify, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and review, and share this episode with your friends. Thank you for listening. Until next time.